Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. Hi, I'm Paul. I will be your host this evening. And yes, I've got my uh, colours pinned to my chest for uh, for today. Um, for as we're talking, it's Six Nations. Uh, we're going to leave uh, leave the shaky isles. Oh, we'll talk about that maybe the news beforehand. Um, before and uh, go up north and talk Six Nations today. Um, joining and I say we because joining me, um, I've got uh, Cornflake. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a double winner today. You know, I I bought this t-shirt double on this morning. I thought I'm a double winner. Got the flag in the background, double winner. Night nine a.m. Oh. tip off this morning for the mighty Pacers. The 49ers. Oh, oh, coincidental, right? This winning mentality. I'll, I'll just go put an Italian shirt on and we'll complete things. Oh wow, that's that, that's that. that, that. Uh, I'll be listening to a, to, to a podcast about cycling and the, the end of each team preview. For the, for the season they've been gone. Okay, what's your hot take for the season? That's a hot take. Um, <laughs> so the, the Italy are going to win the Six Nations. They might win a game. That'll be it. That'll, that'll be a good start. Look out, Wales. Uh, good evening, Christopher. Good to see you joining us in the, on, on the old YouTube chat. Look, you can join us on YouTube or Facebook um, chats. Uh, you can also watch us on Twitter, uh, but you can't do chat there because X is crap. Um, and uh, you can also listen back on the old podcast as well. So yeah, so yes, um, Twitter used to be good, and then then, it's, then it all became this, this X thing. Um, and uh, well, actually, it was good when you had Twitter chats back in the day, um, but that was about five six years ago now. Um, but there you go. That's when Twitter was good. So uh, you're, you're shaking your head there, Steve. You know, you know, uh, I, I don't hardly use it either, to be honest with you. I haven't used it for a long time. It's it's full of too much spam now. It's full of bots, and it's full of just crap. The, the yep. days of it being nice and good and actual conversation or, you know, um, informative and that sort of stuff is uh, unfortunately gone. It, it's hard to find what you really want now, which is a bit sad because it was it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, exactly. It was good. And uh, welcome to the review as well. Yep, it's all the chats on generally chats normally on the old uh, on the old YouTube folks. So don't forget to hit the bell and subscribe and all of that um, kind of funky stuff, um, because generally we do try and go live on a Monday, 8 p.m. But um I've been a bit inconsistent over the uh, over the festive period, but we're getting back into a, 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 a bit, back into the swing of things now. But uh, kind of the season's heading to rushing rushing um, towards us. All the pre-show chat was about the old uh, NFL, 
and uh, the old championship games. So, yeah, congratulations to the massive comeback from the uh, San Francisco 49ers, who um, in the first half really were being totally dominated. Um, hell of a halftime chat, or it's in football they say, oh, they must put something in the tea, um, which they've kind of stopped saying nowadays because, you know what, that's all, or, or, or must be something special in the Oranges because they have doping connotation there. Um, so they stopped doing that. But, uh, hey, who knows with American football because they have their own kind of um, – doping regulations um let's be honest as an, an ioc organization they don't have to follow the same kind of rules that the rest of the uh, kind of sports do uh, but uh, but there you go um so yeah so coming up is the old six nations we're mainly talking about that but um a couple of little bits of news beforehand um yeah the chiefs in a bit of injury injury crisis um by the um by the looks of things um heading off to um uh, to japan for a couple of games this uh, sunday against uh, the Panasonic wild knights and then next Saturday against the um, Kubata Spears Funabashi Tokyo Bay. Boy, wow. Well done. That's one that rolls off the tongue, isn't it? Oh. I can see that's that's the, the, the chance in the in the crowd are going to be easy on that one. Go <laughs> with the Kubata Spears Funabashi Tokyo Bay. Yay! Um, the uh, clearly that uh, that glad they don't try those names in New Zealand. I mean, we struggle enough just to go all blacks, all blacks. Never mind the uh, kind of put more names in like that uh, to create such great atmosphere. Too many syllables. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. As part of the inaugural cross-border rugby competition. Oh my god! Then, look, yes, the Blues are also playing, but less for us. It's just pre-season friendlies, folks. Mm. <laughs> cross cross-border rugby competition. Daring me. You have to brand everything nowadays, don't they? Anyway, Sean Stevenson, Moni Nowaya, and um, Eti Nanai Satoro all aren't travelling um, up there um, due to um, due to injuries. So, um, Nocturnal Rights Chiefs have enough depth, no real crisis. No real crisis. Okay. Um, I don't know. Lo- leave, losing your entire first choice starting back uh, starting back three um, is, um, is is something that's going to be uh, hard to cover. He does um, the uh, Craig McMillan. Uh, reckons they're going to be back in time for Super Rugby, so um, so no big deal there. Um, small um, niggles apparently, um, but uh, Noah still tro- um, came back from the injury that kept him out of the World Cup. So um, yeah, perhaps um, perhaps not as minor as he's trying to um, make it out on um, on that one. Um, a couple of other players who also aren't going is um, Caleb Trask is also injured as well. So. Your, your replacement 10, <laughs> oh, sorry, replacement 15 um, for Sean Stevenson isn't there. Um, so um, uh, there's a, a, another one. And also Gideon Ram Rampling, so another um, back out. Also, um, Josh Lord and uh, Tyron Thompson are also not making the, the trip either. But um, yeah, five backs injured before you even start the season. That's not a good start, is it, Steve? Ah, oh, well, like you said, it's free season. I mean, I've seen you know all the all the talk of these squads and stuff, you know, with the Crusaders going over to um, England and stuff, and now these teams going over to Japan, and and the squads are very much a mix and match of players they want to either get fit, they want to see more of, or they leave out the guys they don't really want to get too injured. Like that Crusaders team that they're sending over there is pretty average. Um, at best, you know, there are a lot of major names left out. I mean, rightfully so, right? You don't expect too much more from preseason. So I don't expect too much from this. We're going to see a lot of guys that we probably haven't seen and probably, you know, wouldn't have seen much of anyway. Um, a guy like Stevenson, though, I guess is a bit of a workhorse. He would have loved to play every single minute of every single match that he possibly could. Uh, but, you know, I'm not surprised. It's preseason. 
every precaution will be taken to make sure that everyone as much as possible is fit for the start of the actual season, whether it be a niggle, whether it be an injury, whether it be, oh, I'm a bit tired and I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, just stay home, buddy. Don't worry about it. So yeah, preseason, yeah, we'll worry about that sort of stuff if it comes round one and those guys still aren't fit and they're not playing, then, then that's a bit of an issue. I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the silverware is on the, on the line here. What? I mean, the cross-border rugby ch- uh, um, cup, whatever it is, trophy. I suppose um, the Blues will want to add something to their trophy cabinet, right? <laughs> Since the, what is it the, the tens that their last trophy wasn't it? The other uh, the, reigning the, reigning champions. What do you mean? That amazing tournament. It was just blockbuster. So successful, we never <laughs> saw it again. Uh, it did last a couple of years, but anyway, something that is a bit more serious though is the uh, Melbourne Rebels. Rebels have gone into administration. That's a bit more. That's a bit more worrying. Um, look, the um, Rugby Australia have come out and said that they will not uh, guarantee funding beyond this year. So no issue for the Super Rugby this year. At least that means there is some sort of um, time frame because um, the, oh yes, and also yeah, the Blues won the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman Championship. You can never take that off them. Um, well, we may oh, never always when everyone else is shorthanded, right? Yeah, always when everyone else is shorthanded. <laughs> Give them COVID or take less players and then you can take it, sure. Um. So, uh, so yeah, so it looks like um, they're in a real um, problem. Um, apparently, they um, are uh, owing around $9 million um, in debt. Um, Aussie. Yeah, yes, ouch. I don't have that down the back of the sofa, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> the um, $1 million to the tax office, which isn't, which does, which, um, which is, is not good. Another million for using a, uh, Amy Park Stadium. Luckily, that's managed by the state government. Um, so, uh, you'd think they wouldn't turn around and say, huh, you can't, oh, we're not unlocking the gates unless you actually pay up, which if it was a private venue, they might do, mm. which would have been a bit embarrassing because isn't um, the Super Round? Super Round. <laughs> that would be wouldn't it? All six teams, well, until you pay up, Super Rugby, we're not opening the gates. Um, you bring a million dollars with you when you fly over and we'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> a million each. Um. So look, let's just hope it just means that this this season doesn't get interrupted. And um, and look, it be having um, a fifth team is is a good thing. But clearly, uh, the rebels never really have um, got off the ground. Um, there's been a, um, their initial idea of going with um, names to try and get people um, in the door um, was um, I'm not sure that was. Uh, that, that kind of that kind of didn't work, and they went away from that with with some like your, your Curtis Beals, your um, James O'Connors, um, your Danny Cipriani's, um, all stealing bottles of vodka from behind the behind the uh, behind the bar in nightclubs. <sighs> There's a reason why these players were available, um, and um, uh, and then they went down to the homegrown um, and using the um, uh, the Melbourne the Melbourne Spirit, I think it was called um, MPC team, and that actually seemed to be like seems to be working, um, and then. The MPC, not MPC, but um, NRC. NRC, thank you. And then the NRC got canned. Um, but they actually, they, they did seem to be on, on the right track at one point. But then, yeah, NRC canned. And it doesn't seem to have really um, got itself going uh, since then. It's always been uh, bouncing around. I think it got, didn't it get sold to the current crowd for $1 or something like that? Um, so um, the uh, it, it's, it's always been kind of on the verge, unfortunately. Uh, so I can't see... Um, on, in all honesty, I can't see it surviving. Um, some suggestions in the chat of it being, re- being replaced by a Hong Kong franchise, um, uh, which uh, uh, the uh, which brings up a whole bunch of um, 
sort of sports washing and political issues. Uh, I'm not sure that a that a Hong Kong franchise is necessarily um, the best route to go down. Um, clearly, I'm, clearly, the, the Japanese boat has um, has sailed um, on a, on a Sunwolves, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them replaced by um, Haguaris um, coming back. To be honest with you, um, to make up the numbers, I think it's a bad idea. I think you want to have teams in the right time zone and actually what, be able to watch games um, on a, for per, personally. Uh, but um, there you go. Any how, do you think we're going to shrink Super Rugby next year, or do you think they'll survive, or or how will they re- be replaced? This is Sansa. It depends what their um, breakfast cereal tells them the morning that they make the decision, what they're going to do. So there's too far to go between now and when there's actually going to have to be a decision time, isn't there, for them to actually make a logical uh, decision on what they're going to do about this. Or, or ARU, whoever's going to make the ultimate decision about the future of the competition or the future of the teams or, or whatever. But look, just in terms of well, Rugby Australia, for the Rebels as a, a franchise, it's. I don't think they're going to be the last team that fall down this sort of pit of, of financial doom. It's just the way that the whole global game is going right now. You know, we've seen all those uh, English clubs going down the same path and, and falling into liquidations and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised that we're seeing the same sort of thing over here um, with Australia. But it's a shame. It's a, it's a really big shame, right? Because all the battle, you know, the, the Rebels and the Force are just constantly in turmoil aren't they of trying to keep a team you don't have to worry about actually being good because success is just getting your team or getting in the competition for that season at the rate they're going you know it's it's a season here a season there it's like yes we've got a team in super rugby this year who cares just throw something together we'll deal with that next year next year comes around there's another issue so you know it, it you can see why teams like the brumbies uh and the reds and the waratahs a lot more established they probably don't have as much concern about the off-field things as these other teams like the Rebels and the Force do. So they've got more time to concentrate and focus their resources on the on-field problems of winning the game, right? The Rebels and the Force, it's just been too much off and on. Um, and again, well, it's all about money, isn't it? It's always about money. It's a, Some problems, oh, money always rears that ugly head. So I hope they sort it out, right? I hope somehow, whether Rugby Australia does something or whatever, sort something out because I think Australia needs five teams right I think they need the teams because sure they don't have that high quality of player but they need that opportunity for that depth to come through and if you focus everything and condense it down into less teams you're lessening the opportunities for players and that's my take on it sure okay the strength of the competition goes down a bit but I believe that you need to actually build these players up and give them first team opportunities to go through so uh, that's for me. Whether we'll see them next year, I mean, you're going to put the Hawaiians in in the Australian Conference with you know together with those sides, or you know, we don't uh, have don't com- we don't have conferences anymore. You're still, you're still playing more local teams, and you're playing the yeah, other true. teams. So you know, Derby. Sorry, okay. Are you going to have a, the Hawaiians playing Australian Derbies than New Zealand Derbies? Sorry, you get what I mean, right? Um, neither's local, right? So. It, it, it's, it'll be a shitstorm about where you, you swing it. Um, so hopefully the Rebels sort their crap out and who knows what Sansa will do after that. Just throw something at the wall and hope it sticks like usual. Yeah, I mean, it does, they, they did point out that, that um, pre-COVID, they used to get some 5.5 million. Uh, this is all in Aussie dollars, by the way. Um, and that's gone down to 3.9 um, as uh, the Western Force got cut uh, and also... Um, the uh, and also the, the COVID cut amount they got, 
that doesn't explain where the nine million has disappeared because that's uh, it's not been long enough to, to rack up that, but it does explain why some of the issues um, are around. But um, yeah, the Reds are the only team that apparently in our live chat that's uh, that, that make any that actually make a profit. Um, at the end of the day, these aren't about making profit, it's about just breaking even um, and developing players for the national team. Let's be honest, and that applies also to the New Zealand franchises, they're never making a profit um, with the with the crowds they get, um, and not owning your own stadium at the end of the day. Um, on, on, on that side of things, and um, some comments about the force are fine because they're privately owned, yeah, they're fine as long as as long as Twiggy doesn't um doesn't decide doesn't like rugby anymore. Um, at the end of the day, um, which because we've seen that works really well, having private ownership of um of, of multi millionaires in um in uh, in England, for example. I mean, they've only lost three teams recently, <laughs> um, uh, so yes, um, the uh, so yeah, most of the teams, let's be honest, are um are union owned over here. Um, there was a comment also that we might be down to, down to 10 teams soon if we're not careful about um, depending on what happens with the uh, um, with the um, Moana Pacifica. And yes, yeah, you do uh, seeing them moving around, you do kind of wonder what, what's going on there and what their future um, plans are. Um, some comments also that, yeah, that, that um, most sports have like a five or 10 year expansion plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me, that sounds hilarious. I mean, um, Super Rugby hasn't got, has never had a had an expansion plan. That's been one of the big problems with it. Is it just does things ad hoc? Yeah, plan. What the hell's one yes. of those? Makes <laughs> me no idea. They're the worst for coming up with plans, right? I think they're terrible. Yeah, they don't, don't their plans last as long as the TV contract. No, no, the plans happen when there's a TV contract for oh. about that two month period of negotiations and settlement, and then poof, it's gone out the window. No problem. I, I reckon privatization is, is the way of, of the future. Um, and I think making teams more financially viable in making these players assets rather than just being players, making these players not bigger than the sport so much, but having as in a force player who's a real marquee, you know, making that guy like they kind of do, you know, with the football and other sports you've got players who are almost bigger than the teams, right? Because they, they, they're their marquee and, and just publish those guys out there and, and get some sort of support and make financial advancements through that sort of by having those sort of assets that they can actually market more than just being like, Hey, super rugby starting. Here's our team. That's it. Uh, and the season starts in three weeks. Yeah. There's no real effort to actually go out there and, I don't know, you know, t-shirt sales don't sell, make much money, right? But that's just the start. You know, you, you've got to have people going places. You've got to have, you know, uh, the, the sponsorship uh, connections, right? Go and do uh, sponsorship events with companies that take people to that company that makes them want to be partnered with you, right? Uh, like we see all the time with these American sports, you see people or players going to these events. It's like, hey, we've got Bill, Bob and John coming this weekend. Come to our store, come to our you know, big corporate, whatever, you know, 3,000 people show up, whatever, that's enough, you know, but it's getting that partnership that actually makes them want to partner. Who wants to partner with the Rebels? What are they going to do for you? Nothing. It's like, oh, you'll get the name on the a little sleeve shoulder there and you'll get a billboard in one corner opposite to where the players run out. So it gets very little TV time. So, I mean, they can do a lot more effort to make money. Um, so I've got a few comments in the, in the live chat around, um, call it uh, whether I'm Marxist or not. Um, by being anti-privatisation. Chris just says, uh, a business, a business, private businessmen are good at running businesses, not unions. Look, at the end of the day, 
if these business. teams can be self-funding, absolutely no problem with it being privatised, right? The problem is with rugby at the moment that outside of France and outside of Japan, every single club or every um, club side or every single domestic side loses money and is funded by the national team, right? The national team makes money at the end of the day. The All Blacks make money. Uh, they get big advertising and that money then is paid to, to basically props up the Super Rugby teams. And therefore, the Super Rugby teams are only there to provide players for the All Blacks because the All Blacks make the money, right? If they can make the money on their own, um, on their own two feet, then absolutely, I've got no problem with privatising at all. It works in the NFL, it works in the NBA, it works in the NHL, etc. right? That's where it works, where the team makes money. These teams are losing money hand over fist and they only they only stay they only exist because of handouts or be, or because of funding sorry from the unions um, to to provide players for international rugby. At the end of the day, uh, it all comes down to those fourteen games a year fund the rest of the game right <laughs> um, on those ones. So um, look, if if if, there's a, if if someone has a financial model that sees Super Rugby franchises be able to self fund, um, I'm all for private ownership. But whilst it's uh, basically a vanity project for these people because at the end at the end of the day they um, they're losing money they're not making money off these of owning one of these franchises um, then to me private ownership doesn't work if it's just a vanity project the problem is as well I think it's going to get a bit of a thumbs down from the current owners as the you know the national union owns the clubs right now right is that having privatization ownership of these franchises, does mean the focus goes on actually these clubs and success rather than, like you say, being feeders, right? At the moment, it's like, okay, you're just here to try and get to here. Uh, if you privatise it, then it's the fact of the matter. It's like, well, for me, who own your contract and the club, I want you to be here doing this for this club. This is your focus. I don't care if you get internationally selected or not. So in a way, they're kind of going to look after themselves and be like, well, I don't want someone to take their focus away from our pinnacle all black jersey. I want the focus to be on that all black jersey. You know, if it's, it's coming along, a Panasonic buys the Highlanders, you know, and it's like, well, I don't really care about the all blacks. I just want the Highlanders to succeed. Um, you know, if you come lower than six, that's a failure. And then chippity choppity, snippity, snappity, you know, things change. Um, so I think that's where like New Zealand rugby and that will be very hesitant to go down that path unless it's almost like their hand is, is forced in that matter because they want to protect that black jersey, the all black jersey being the pinnacle and the focus come no matter what else happens. Doesn't matter. You can be crap of the Highlanders, Ma'anonu. Doesn't matter. We'll still pick you for the All Blacks because that is the pinnacle of rugby in New Zealand. Oh, look, it was the, 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 the initial New Zealand rugby way of selling franchises for each of these super rugby franchises was, was, was laughable. You're allowed to invest, for, you're allowed to own 49% for three years, right? So they still had a controlling vote on anything you yes. did. <laughs> so why? Why would you? <laughs> it's like, and you're not allowed to make any money from, uh, from, from, from you don't get any money from the, uh, um, or you, you have no no control over TV rights. You have no control over um, the of, of, of uh, tournament sponsors. You have no control over uh, a whole bunch of stuff. You're not allowed to use your players to do X, Y, Z. And it was like, wow. <laughs> so basically you're buying it because you're going to get some ticket revenue and that's all you're allowed. It was kind of like, wow, that's uh, well, that's not a very good option. So yeah, so people, again, we're buying it. We're, we're investing because it was a vanity product. They wanted to own, to be seen to be an owner of one of these big, one of, that's one, at the end of the day, the biggest domestic um, teams in New Zealand. Okay, the Warriors have come up and now are, are, are bigger than, are, are as big as um, the um, 
Super Rugby franchise, some would argue bigger. Um, but they're way bigger than if you own the Phoenix or if you own yeah. one of the netball teams or one of the cricket teams. Let's be honest. So, they, yeah. so, um, so yes, that's why it's all done. Anyway, now we've, we've gone well off topic, which is generally our, our, our kind, of, kind of bread and butter and, uh, and taking far too long, over, <laughs> which is our bread and butter. Um, so that's kind of so anyone anyone new watching the show, this is, this is what you can expect <laughs> or listening to the show. Off task is on task. That's what it's all about. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, and, okay. So the review: Can you use a review to run both Super Rugby and the NPC ten years from now? Oh boy! Wait, can they afford to run it now? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry about ten years from now. Can they realistically afford to do it now? Realistically. Look, they can afford to, just right? Oh, yeah, just but okay, but but do they want to? No, right? Because at the moment, what they don't like is that the provinces have control of the MPC, right? That's kind of what the provinces say. they want. The problem they, they don't want the provinces involved in high high performance at all. They want the provinces just to just just to do the um, uh, just to do the what's my call blank uh, the community game because New Zealand rugby. Or does not want to bother with the, the community game because it's too much hassle. <laughs> it's a like it's a lot of it's a lot of hassle and cost for no income. All right. So they want they want the provinces to do that. Um, and hence that's why we've seen occasionally like under 20s um, super rugby teams um joining up for a weekend. Now they're not super under under, under 20 super rugby teams, they're a team that's, that's that's scratched together for the weekend, right? But long term, they'd like to be like the UK or, or France, where where the, the Chiefs have a proper academy. Where the play and they have an properly as and have a, actually have an academy league um, that plays underneath an under twenties league and under twenty super super rugby league um, that plays um, and that basically um, NPC becomes becomes totally amateur, which to me is an issue because and I'll explain why. Um, one of the reasons I think the New Zealand system works at the moment is that um, yes, all your all your professional players play super rugby, right? Your international players then go away for six months and play international. What do you do with all your non-international players? Do they sit around kicking their heels for six months, or do you extend the Super Rugby so that it happens at the same time as internationals? Uh, that doesn't work. Oh, hang on, because people don't care about it. So you've got to keep it separated. And unless you want your Super Rugby players, your non-internationals, kicking their heels for six months, the NPC is a really good thing to, to actually give them game time. Give all those fringe players who have sat on the benches and carried tackle packs backs all season game time right it works fantastic for that it's great for player development um so hence at the moment i, I yeah i think going away from the npc is a very bad move and we've seen the problem that um australia has because they don't have that level and people are trying to jump up from the shoot shield which is a totally amateur um, uh, composition to super rugby and they're totally out of their depth because they don't have the strength and conditioning work to play at that speed um, so to me, that's why it works. Whereas in the UK, um, yeah, uh, the, the, the season just doesn't work because you've uh, it's broken up by international windows, and they try and not play in those windows to because of the competition for viewers, and then the players don't get enough game time. But the international players get played too much, but the non-international players don't get enough game time. Uh, it's, the season starts, and then stops, then starts, and then stops for sixteen nations, and starts again. It's just a mess. Um, the New Zealand model actually kind of works, folks. Um, so the more, so stop dicking around with it. One USC game last weekend, by the way. 
<laughs> just, to, just to add to your point. Yeah, you have URC where that that suddenly stops for two South African teams for a month, or, or even longer actually for a month and a half. Is it that they've got between games? Um, uh, for the Six Nations, uh, yeah, it stops for a while anyway. Yeah, I, we've seen what happens when you stop in June for Super Rugby and try and come back in July. It don't work. Everyone switches off, and only the, only only about uh, half the fans of the actual teams that are winning care. <laughs> no one else does. So, so they had uh, this whole month has been a bit of a mess, right? Okay, so so, so round nine has pretty much gone from December the thirty first to January the twenty eighth in one round of matches. Yeah. <laughs> then we have nothing until the weekend of February the seventeenth, eighteenth, um, and the nineteenth. Obviously, the Monday for me. And then round 11 doesn't start till the start of March. So pretty much there's two rounds between the end of December and mid-March, or early March. So it's, yeah, like you say, start, stop, start, stop. One game here. Nope, you're off again. Uh, 12 players are leaving. Now they're back. One game, but they can't play. Yeah, it's, it's a bit messy. And then yeah, you've got Champions Cup thrown up. Yeah. How how do you, how do you run how do you run a um a professional sports team franchise that's with income with one game a month? <laughs> you had one game in January, you had one game in February, but you've got to make a profit. What the? I'm sorry, but <laughs> and continuity, like you know, players coming in and out and all over the place, and yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not including the Champions Cup games, which is they have been played. That's what that's what your interruption is through January, right? But now you've got. The next two weeks, I'm pretty sure, are Six Nations. And then yep. they have one week off, and then they have a week on, then a week off, and then two? Yep. If I'm not mistaken, or is it two, two, and one? It's one of those two. So, you, you know, you go back, and they go back for one week. Just, why don't they just go five games? You know, uh, I don't know. Why? Because the Six Nations pays for rugby in Europe, essentially, outside of France. The Six yes. Nations funds it. November Internationals, who cares? Right, that, that doesn't really fund. But uh, yes, if you get the All Blacks or you get a South African game, you're going to make some money off those games. But essentially, the Six Nations funds rugby in Europe, and hence that's why everything else has to work around it, um, because they're too scared of messing with it. Because if they mess with it and break it, everything just falls apart and everyone goes bust. Um, and that's so that, that's essentially what it comes down to, which is why what you really need to do is unfortunately flip the season. Um, in New Zealand and played the rugby championship during the Six Nations windows, move your November um, internationals to January and then move your um, July internationals um, to to May. Have June off as, as, um, as, as, as your off-season and um, start, your, start your domestic league from July through to December. Finals at Christmas. Anyway. Um, that was confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so the year would be yes, January would be your I see what you're saying, yeah yeah would be it would be your visit up to north north northern hemisphere your February through till till March or February March is, is your Six Nations or the Rugby Championship and then April or May is your um, trips down south and then your domestic season can go from July or even maybe mid June through to the end of December and your off season your off season's in July it's always in June. Half of May, maybe, and then rugby would be a winter sport again. What? No, that they can't have that. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> the no, Six no, Nations we, we get the casual fans. It does, and the casual fans pay for the sport. 
So, so the, the hardcore fans stop being so negative towards casual fans. They fund the sport. They're what they brings all the advertising eyeballs in. Why are we having a week off? What? What? Where's our game next weekend? What's going on? Yep. No, it's crazy. It's funny. Oh, but I, I, I don't, told, I don't think we'll ever. That's a bad idea with top tier cricket competitions in New Zealand. Who the hell gives top tier cricket? No, no one watches <laughs> top tier cricket in New Zealand. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Again, no, I mean, the cr- crowds domestic worse. cricket in New Zealand is all about the black caps, right? <laughs> and the IPC, uh, IPL, sorry. IPL. Um, yeah, no one, no, one, no one gives a toss about the, um, the, the big bash some people turn up for, for a bit of a laugh. Um, but apart from that, nobody, nobody turns up to um, whatever it's called now. The, uh, so, yeah. Super Smash is the 2020 league. Yeah, Super Smash. Super, sometimes we go along to Super Smash because a bit of razzmatazz and a day out with the kids. Um, but um, but the, the whatever else. the whatever the multi day stuff and the one day stuff is, who cares? Um, remove the two bye weeks in the Six Nations and add Spain and Portugal. Oh my yep. god, sold. And the, Georgia, poor Georgia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Romania. I mean, they're not the two teams that have been going to more every World Cups than anyone else um, amongst that, that crowd. Yeah, ignore those guys. Anyway, that takes us nicely on to the Six Nations. And let's run through, uh, let's have a look at some of the teams and um, what's happened. Because this is the first, because um, obviously we're, we're starting a new World Cup cycle. Um, but uh, listening to the Attacking Scrum podcast, which I do, which is a Welsh, a Welsh rugby podcast, one of the refreshing things he's been talking about is that uh, apparently the coaches aren't talking about World Cup um, uh, uh, World Cup um, cycles anymore. They're talking about let's try and win now, and that actually this this whole idea of um, of World Cup cycles um, does has uh, seems to have left the lexicon. Yeah, so that's why Anton Dupont has headed off to play sevens for the year for this, this for a season. Right? <laughs> if this was a World Cup year, he wouldn't be doing that. He's doing that because it's after World Cup year um, and he gets to have a bit of fun playing Olympics. Um, so, no, this is the beginning of another cycle. Let's be blunt. But it does mean that there are some really interesting selections by some of the by some of the um, some of the Northern Hemisphere ones. Um, having a look at some um, uh, the England team. Clearly, the big news is that um, Andy Farrell has taken some time off and is going over to France next season. Andy. Um, so, sorry. Oh, Not Andy. Andy. Oh, not Andy, Owen Farrell, sorry. Oh, dear. Couldn't help it. And, um, and congratulations to uh, Jamie George. It just shows his dad's still more famous than he is. Um, congratulations to Jamie George on uh, being named captain um, at the age of 33. Bloody hell. He's going to be 37 come the Rugby World Cup. That's a long-term. That's 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 that's, uh, that's uh, gone. Long-term plan. Long-term plan. Oh, no, no, no. I was just, just going to say, that, that's thinking, you know, World Cup cycle. That's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do captains matter? I oh, know captains don't matter, right? I mean, he, like, is, is he realistically going to keep playing until he's 37? Or is it no. is, look that this is the thing of these players, right? That I don't get. Like, if you're a player, right? Okay, so say say you're Jamie George, right? You're 33, World Cup, like say 37, right? 36, 37, whatever it will be when his birthday's in October. So he's probably a birthday World Cupper anyway. Do you keep playing? and retire when you're kicked out or do you go on your own terms and say like i'm england captain i'm retiring as england captain 
Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a that's a prouder, more better way to go at at that sort of player age. Or, or do you reckon it's just you just keep going until you're not good enough to play internationally anymore and just kind of dwindle your way out of indie contract with your premiership or whatever team and and that just just bumble away to nothing? Well, I'd say I'm not sure he should be selected at all now. I think I think he should be dropped now. <laughs> right, if, you, if you start if, you, if you're aiming for the next rugby world cup, he's not going to be there. So get rid of him. Sorry, I, I agree. Hundred. Right? Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yep. So essentially. What you do is, if I'm him, because of the money that you're on, as, a, as I mean, the whole point you play in England and not France or Japan is because you want the England's national pound, right? Yes. You want the money you get for playing internationally. So, hell, you keep playing while they're, while they're selecting you. You're a long time retired. So, hell, play as many games as you can for the, for England, your international ones, get as many caps as you can and um, and, uh, and and bank that, bank that money. Um, also, currently he's 85 caps. He's captain. He's going to be a 100-cap player. Um, on the afternoon of speaking circuit, a hundred cap ex England captain gets you more money than an eighty five cap um, England player. So hell, yeah, yeah, but if, if if they're going to keep selecting you, fuck, I keep keep playing. Would he would he be like if he does just keep wandering on through? Is, is you know to twenty twenty six? Is he going to be England captain to walk away as a hundred cap English captain? Um, yeah, but he, doesn't he, really matter. If, but, if if he doesn't play, if if he stops now, he wouldn't even be England captain. Um, but, oh yeah, but I'm but yeah, saying no, you play, think, play this season. Until they stop picking you. I, to me, you get a bit more thoroughfare. Like obviously, like the plan, right? He's going to do this. He won't retire, retire. He'll go to Japan, right? I yeah. mean, it's natural sort of thing. That's your money. That's real money. To me, a player like that retiring after the season, say, just for example, right? For me, from a player perspective, I'm Jamie George. I'm going to come out at the end of the season, just before the season ends, you know, a month or so before, before the end of year tour, whatever, or season, you know, internationally, go, I'm going to retire from international rugby um, as England captain. And you kind of get, I think you get a bit more, a bit more, um, just a bit more high inflation of your capabilities if you go to one of these Japanese clubs and go, hey, you know, and when I retired, as in, you know, now, I'm current England captain, 100 caps. Whereas if he goes in the next season and he goes there, well, last year I was England captain. They dropped me after that, though, because, you know, I was getting a bit old. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, that with a bit more hurrah about your retirement, you know, current England captain retires, gives you a bit more lucrative opportunity to go to Japan. Not that that really matters about what we're talking about, but just looking yeah. at that, to me, it's like, I agree, though, I wouldn't have picked him. Especially when you got Theo Dan, who was a bit of a beast at the World Cup as well. So I don't think that that short on... Hookers, you got the experience um, of, of the Cal and Dickies there as well. So, yeah, get them out of there. I would yeah, I'm not surprised there. But, hey, hey, Borthwick clearly is talking about He's got Dane Coles in there. Dane Cole, sorry. Um, he's 36. We're 107 yeah. caps. Now, Dane Cole has been a wonderful player for England. Don't get me wrong. Um, but look at 36. He ain't going to be there at the next Rugby World Cup. Come well, say never. Right? Well, never say never. Exactly. Uh, maybe. <laughs> You're right. But, I mean, so this clearly is not a – whilst uh, in, in the forwards anyway – Yes, there are young players being brought in. Theo, you've got Theo Dan, Jamie, um, Jamie Blair, um, Blair has replaced um, Luke Kandicki from uh, through injury. You've got John Hayes with seven caps, Ben Urbano with three caps. Okay, he's twenty nine, but he still will make the Rugby World Cup with that um, next next time round. In the locks, you're bringing in Alex Coles again, inexperienced in the back row. Um, Chandler Cunningham South, Ben Curry, the obviously Tom, Tom the better twin isn't available. Um, um, Alex, um, you've got um, Tom Pearson, 
um, Ethan Roots. So you've got a bunch. Of, so there are there, he is bringing in some people while, while, mistake, whilst maintaining that experience. So perhaps it's perhaps it's a phase approach, which actually a better one in the backs. Um, boy, oh boy. Let's just hope. OK, that's here, here, here's here's my here's my ray of hope in this team is that maybe just maybe he'll change the style, because if you look at the back three. We look at the wingers, right? Um, you've got Emmanuel um, Faye Webasso, um, Tommy Freeman and um, Tom Roebuck were the initial ones, plus um, Will Muir was brought in. Between the four of them, they've got three caps. Maybe, just maybe, we're moving away from Tom May and Elliot Daly, and we're actually going to have some exciting wingers who we're going to give the ball to. Shock horror. Maybe. Arundel, <laughs> unfortunately, has, has headed over to France and decided that, hey, I've had enough of this, scoring lots of tries against minnows. Uh, oh, sorry, tier two nations that are World Cups. Um, the, um, so um, there's a, 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 with George Furbank and Freddie Stewart, there's a bit of experience in that back three with only six and 31 caps. But there is, so there is, there, to me, there's, a, there's, there's enough young guys coming through, which is good. I'm not sure that, that there's a few questionable calls like you Dane Cole, Jamie George, Joe Marler, um, Danny Care, 37. Seriously? What the hell's Danny Care doing there? Um, he wants that 100th cap. He's, he's the, said that in interviews. That's the only reason he's going how many on. caps he wants. This is winning every World Cup, right? Um, Elliot Daly, again. Um, maybe even Henry Slade. Uh, now, I'm, I'm a massive Henry Slade fan. Henry Slade fan, I think he's a great player, or has he has been a great player. Uh, but is he going to be a centre that you want playing at the next Rugby World Cup. He's playing very well this year. He's played very yeah. well domestically. So, um, so yeah, so there's um, the, whilst, there, there, whilst there, is, there is new players in there, um, Carlin says, look, Danny Care still plays at a quite high level. Absolutely he does. But for me, he's not going to be playing at a high level in um, 2027, is it the next one? Yeah, in 2027, he's not going to be playing at high level then, and I think, you, and we should be thinking 2027, because um, that's the next rugby world cup. Um, is uh, are there Noah? Um, do we have totally inexperienced? Otherwise, I mean, Alex Mitchell, Ben Spencer, um, those guys have got experience already, right? They're not they're, they're not spring chickens who, who it's not their first year of rugby. They don't need Danny Care around them to guide them into to guide them into being professionals um, and to manage them through this. Um, if if you had two 20 year olds, fine. Um, I understand him being there in a mentor role. I don't think they need him in, in there as a mentor role personally. Um, which, I, but but um, so yeah. So uh, so that me so that one I, I I'm not so uh, so so I think I think there's some questionable selections, but I do have a ray of hope that maybe we'll move away from ten man rugby. You know what? I, I I thought you might have picked it, but. I mean, there's a really big talking point in that forward pack in that back row, being as this is, you know, New Zealand sport radio, right? The addition of Ethan Roots, the <laughs> Māori All Black, and one cap crusader. Hey, eh? now he's an Englishman, another traitorous scumbag. Um, I mean, pretty... I mean, I look at this and I go, nah, you can have him, <laughs> right? There's like a number of them gone over there, and it's like, is he, is he really... I've not really seen much of him in all the Exeter Chiefs games. I've seen to really see him that he's ripping up the roots uh, domestically there, but uh, that's a surprise. 
what I do like about this, right, and I think this is a Wikipedia thing more than it's an England thing, but Elliot Daly, centre. Okay, now please watch this, England. Elliot Daly, centre. <laughs> Not winger, centre. He's good when he plays in midfield, okay? We, we've seen what he can do. He's been very good this season at centre. Not on the wing, at centre. So just play him at centre, okay? If you're going to use him, play him in the midfield. God damn it. It's not that hard. But yes, I am I am of belief with you that uh, if this England team do play with a bit of expansiveness, and I'm hoping they do with the names they've got in the number 10 jumper, as opposed to one who shall not be named, Mr. Shoulders. And uh, I'm disappointed Ollie Lawrence got injured. I'm really disappointed Ollie Lawrence got injured because I was super excited. He's been devastating this season uh, for the mighty Bath side. So I thought he was going to be a, a massive, massive player for that midfield. But hey, there's stacks of talent throughout there. Uh, England has a lot of backline players that can do damage. So let's transition England. Let's be positive and proactive. Play Elliot Daly in centre. And let's get some exciting guys. I think mean, we've talked about this before through Super Rugby and with the All Blacks and all that sort of stuff. Your outside backs, your wingers especially, don't need to be super experienced, right? It's yeah. the most position you can get away with having young guys out there and say, just stay out there. If the ball comes your way, do your thing, especially X-Factor guys, right? Okay, go looking a bit, but you know, get a feel for the game first before you go looking for too much work. Learn what it's all about. Get yourself a chance. Have a couple of touches, right? Try to do something special. You're a winger. You're supposed to do those finishing touches. You know, dive into the corner with your body in the air. Something from Northern Hemisphere Rugby I've noticed watching it this season that they don't dive in the air. They dive on the ground. And, oh, no, you've gone into touch. Well, of course you have. So let's stay aerial people as well. It's like a coaching clinic here from what I've seen. So a lot they can improve on, um, but I, I do like it. This is definitely a step in the right direction, provided they – Yo, Elliot Daly plays in midfield if he's going to play. So and I like your pro. Very good. Moving on to France then. So England had nine players with 50 caps or more. France, on the other hand, have two in their, <laughs> in their, in their squad, which gives you an idea as to quite of which team has moved on and is ready for the is looking forward to the next Rugby World Cup. France Jeez. definitely are, right? That's rough. That's rough. Look at how many in the high 40s. <laughs> That's a real stat picker. That is a real stat picker. How many are 40 plus? It's like probably 12. <laughs> what? No, even, even 40 plus is what? There's one, two, three. I'd say four players with 40 plus. Well, sorry, four players. So plus the two, six players, 40 plus. So it's still, it's still less than England. Have, have, have gone for um the um so look i, I think this is much a uh so, so i do think there's that uh they've done a better job of uh, of getting rid of those guys in their mid-30s short there's a couple in there um there's a lock at 33 um but um there's just one player of age 33 or over and there were plenty more of that in the england squad right mm -hmm. so i think this i think france is doing a much better job here of um of moving on they probably had an, a, a younger squad anyway because um initially but even so um i, I i'm i'm uh lo looking at the so the age profile um and the cap profile i'm much happier with this french team heading towards the next rugby world cup than i am with england now big question marks for this um this french team is the 9-10 combination is that it's disappeared it's gone there's no <laughs> there's no dupont and there's no Antimac. Jalabier, though. Sorry? Jalabier's still there. Let's be honest. He 
no one remembers who Intermac is, right? <laughs> he's been gone oh, really? so long now. Jalabert's been killing it. Oh, look, okay. he, he is there. Um, but um, but they, again, um, Anton Gilbert, his backup, has got no caps. So, look, there, so there, there's, um, and again, at scrum half, between the two of them, they've got 18 caps. Um, so you, you, your decision-making team there, or the people who are running this, um, is going to be really interesting to see uh, how France play. They've been so, uh, well, okay, as a casual fan at least, it's so much about Dupont. Um, he is a, 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 a massive, a massive part of this team, kind of culturally, um, and how they play. Um, and he's gone um, for for the season. So, um, look, it's um, I'm excited about this uh, about to see, see what this French team um, bring us because I, I think the coaching setup is fantastic. Uh, they've got a very good coaching um, setup. It's experienced. It's settled. They know what they're doing. Um, so bringing in uh, a whole French, a whole fresh um, set of players, and looking four years ahead um, around these um, experienced players, because um, they've got one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen players with less than ten caps. Um, and um, about and half of those have uh, a debutants. So uh, this is look this 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 is a a fresh French squad after a disappointing World Cup. Um, sure, they got close, but at the end of the day, this uh, we, we we had them down as one of the favourites to win it, win the whole thing, to not get past the quarterfinals. The draw meant they were either quarterfinals or final. <laughs> Let's be honest, mm. England shouldn't have come third. Even though I do still, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick by that. Um, I'm going to stick by England with the third best team at the Rugby World Cup. Um, they weren't, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I think I, I, I'm again impressed by the way that Fabian Galtier is going about this. Look, I tell you what, there's there's a number of things about this French side, um, and I know you're talking about it in a positive light, which I'm going to. It's going to seem like I'm coming against you on this, but I, I am agreeing with you. But the big thing. <laughs> that I see of the, especially the back line for this French team is so many players are from Bordeaux Begler, right? Nine, 10 mm-hmm. wing midfield, uh, fullbacks, everything. You know, you could literally do a back line pretty much out of Bordeaux players, which has been, I think it's going to be massively key for them combinations, but you've got all these guys that are killing it at the moment, although they didn't do too well on the weekend, but Bordeaux is a, an incredible team. Um, that have been on fire this season. So when you've got names like Damien Pinot, you know, and those comments. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
nations. Our, our Barry Barry as well, who's been phenomenal. Mofana, uh, especially through Yellow Bear. And then, like say, Lusu coming through as well into that position. I think I think they're well established because those combinations are already developed. I think they're going to be well settled. Um, considering how many new names there is coming through, I think that just having that core of Bordeaux players is going to set them perfectly all right. And then you add in like guys that will just blend in. You know, your Fikus, yeah, your Dante guys, um, your Ramoses, you know, the guys that have been around forever and they just gel into the setup already. You know, they know their role. They know what they've got to do. It doesn't really matter who's going to be there. They'll they'll work their way into the squad. And then looking at the Ford pack, a lot of these caps, you know, and it surprises me looking at this when you see names um, and they don't have any caps, you know, like the Malvacas, the 29 was like, okay, Aldegheri's only 16. Um, so well, many Cam- guys. Cam- Cameron Mocky, only 27. Yeah, the Fanua, yeah. three, and um, a Romain in the back has nearly got 50. But, you know, those two boys have been plummeting their way around France for, for years now, um, doing as they please. So, I mean, I, that does not concern me at all. I mean, you can just completely wipe out a lot of those guys because they're super experienced. Uh, and it's a good blend, so I'm not I'm not worried about that. This France is, is my team; they are my team this year. They just look so dangerous in all aspects. I still think they've got combinations, like you said. They've got a lot of youth coming through, a lot of inexperienced players coming through, and they have depth because the last few years, this team, um, I guess probably last started last World Cup cycle and, and prior to that, they were very wishy washy, weren't they? If they players, uh, they were going in and out like socks. So. Bad at the time, but now you look back at it a bit like Australia, right? We talked about last week. There's guys in here that, you know, you've got four or five cat players just swimming around all over the place that have a little bit of knowledge about the setup. They're not going in completely uh, blind fish. So, yeah, good and bad, but, hey, the France look phenomenal. Uh, that Bordeaux back line, you know, Damien Pinot, <laughs> he is a freak. And, Jan- and Jalabert has been exquisite this season on, on a string, man. Those guys got it just completely in control. Well, so yes, okay. So the um, I, so, yes, I'm, I'm very happy with the squad. I'd say my only concern yeah. is that ten is that nine ten combo. But you say it's no, probably no. going to be a Bordeaux Begler combo anyway. So I, I, sh- I shouldn't be. Um, but yeah. So if you if you're guessing, folks, yeah, we're probably putting them. Um, oh, so actually, yeah, England expectations for this. Well, we've we've gone back and said what what what. Um, I think they should be looking at um, basically uh, the, the the main ex- the, the main expectation is is a, a, a change of style. Actually, use the people outside ten. Um, and try and come third is my um, is, is, is 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 I think is a good Six Nations for um, for for this England side is to yeah, is, is is to do that um, because there's a very settled Scotland side coming up we're going to talk about in a, in a bit <laughs> which are going to, I think are going to overperform. Um, do you think that's about what uh, what England should be aiming for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you as well. Yeah, both those things. I think minimum third um, for them again will we'll come down to how the likes of the Irish perform as well. And and whether France are as lofty as I'm expecting them to be, but yeah, minimum third, anything less than third will be disappointing. And yeah, try and you know win games by scoring tries. You know, get get the fans there, pack twicking them out, and go, oh yay, cheering. You know, good stuff. And in France, I think we're both here that bring new players through, but also win the bloody tournament. That's what's that's, that, yep. that's going to be. That's going to be their 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 their, their target. Yep. Win. Yep. Not yep. Anything less than first will be disappointing. Wales will be dark horses. They might be brilliant, but well, okay, we'll get on to them in a second. Um, <laughs> W's last. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Next on to Ireland. Then 
and um, the uh, um, lots of uh, again, I guess more like uh, more like England actually in this in this case. Um, I mean, they got three players with a hundred plus caps um, in this side. Peter Omani um, takes over 101 caps, 34. Will he be there at 37? Um, we'll see. Um, Kane Healy, 36. He ain't going to be there at 39.40. Again, why? Uh, so I think that possibly shows a lack of depth in in prop in Irish rugby. If you if you if you're still playing Kane Healy, um, wonderful player, but too old at the end of the day for 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 what we're talking about here. Um, the um, but uh, you go from that, um, and uh, and then you, then you get to fly half and go, Harry Bryan, Harry Ben, um, Jack Crowley, um, and um, Kieran Frawley. Kieran Frawley, sorry. Um, between them, they have twelve caps, which just shows you what a massive gaping hole Johnny Sexton leaves in this side. <laughs> Let's be blunt, because um, again, they've still gone with Conor Murray at thirty-four. Um, Again, has been a wonderful player, but is he going to be at 34, 34 7, 38 at the actual World Cup no, as, a, as a scrum half? Hell no. Um, and it's not like you need his experience. You've got Jameson Gibson Park there, who's first choice, who's been first choice. Um, you've got Craig, um, Craig Casey, who's also a decent player. Give him more game time at this level. Um, I think they're, I think they're stunting the growth of some of their players um, here. You've got a bunch of players here who are probably, who are probably hanging on because it's uh, for, for a Lions tour and then we'll retire after a Lions tour. Um, but I don't think Andy Farrell, I know he's the, I know he's the, I know he's the Lions captain, uh, sorry, captain, head coach. I don't think he should be thinking about that. He should be thinking about Ireland at the next Rugby World Cup. Um, and uh, will, yeah, will those, will players like those ones I've, I've called out still be around? Um, look, they are bringing through some, some youth, but to me, not enough and that has been Ireland's problem historically is they don't create the depth they don't bring players through soon enough yeah that this this Ireland team is in a bit of worry for me uh especially the props I, I'm glad you kind of pointed out those props because I look at Andrew Porter and I go I like Andrew Porter 28 yeah he's got another world cup in him for sure but um he's going to be leading those pillars for most of you know post uh, Lions tour, right? Uh, when I agree, I don't think like Bellum, uh, is Philly Bellum going to get a World Cup at 36? Is Todd Furlong going to be there at 35? Uh, it's a stretch, right? So you get rid of Healy, Furlong, Bellum, and um, you're left with a lot of an experience. Although the guy likes of um, uh, Loman have been very good at coming through the system as well, but that that's a lot of experience and we don't see those next guys coming through. What I do like, though, is I think they're very good in the second row. I like their second row. Ian Henderson is a bit of the old guy in that thing at only 31, Ty Byrne 32. But Ryan Beard's been very good. Uh, Joe McCarthy was very good at the World Cup last year as well. So I think they're pretty good in that aspect of it. But, yeah, the, just the old guys you go through. I think, yeah, Ireland typically do this, don't they? And they, they kind of fall off the horse and you, you wonder. And sometimes they don't get back on that horse. Uh, they just don't rotate around their talent enough and they kind of commit and throw everything at Johnny Sexton's and his mates. Yeah, everything at that possibility. It, it's it's, it's kind of like they see a World Cup, they see a squad and they're like, okay, this is the stars, these are the guys. And they're so focused. I think this is why they lose quarterfinals as well. They're so focused on it that they don't see past it, right? They don't see past 
and seeing that there's another season to happen next. It's like, we've got to get past this quarterfinal. It's all about a quarterfinal. It's all about this World Cup. It's all about making this guy fit. It's all about having the squad go through. And then this happens. And then it's kind of like they've gone, well, crap. Just pick the guys we had at the World Cup. Just, just go whatever. It's like, have you really watched much going on there? Which is a bit of a shame. I'm at the back, though, apart from the 10s. Um, but it's good to see guys like Calvin Nash from Munster, uh, who I think do well to deserve their chances. But I don't know if we're going to see much out from those other guys. You know, Keenan's. Um, it's just good to see Jordan Lamar back in there as well. Uh, but, you know, your James O, Bundy Arkeys, your Ring Roses, um, those sort of guys. Then Again, they're not going to go past them. Uh, unless it's maybe Italy, but geez, I don't know. At least getting to the stage for me that it's like, do you really want to risk those beating guys in an experience against Italy? Because you lose that and you look like a complete clown. And I don't reckon Ireland's in the position to to risk anything because for me, they're not in a position to be demanding positions on this table. As in, they're not the team that's like, yeah, yeah we're first, you know, we're just going to demolish our way through and, and build depth. I think they're going to struggle. Well, um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm where you are. I just, I just think this is a short-term, a short-term squad rather than long-term squad. And I, just, oh, sure. I, and I think that uh, look, their problems. At some squad finals have been two or three injuries, and the guys that come in have just got no experience, and that's the problem. That's mm-hmm. I can just see them doing it again. Um, and uh, what's the uh, definition of madness? Doing the same thing again, expecting a different <laughs> result. Um, so I think this squad should be aiming to win to win the Six Nations. If you've got this much experience in it, you've got this much stability. Um, you should be looking at being at winning the Six Nations at the end of the day. There's only one position where you really, um, uh, maybe maybe Hooker as well. There's a little bit of uh, perhaps a little bit of experience, but there's only one position here that you've that you, you don't have uh, real experience, and that is at ten. Um, now that's one of the most important ones. Chris Rose Bailey says, "Look, Ireland central contracts are tied to club season. A lot of older players' contracts expire this summer. Um, that's fine, but you don't have to select them for the national team just because they got the contracts, right?" Mm. Um, so that's it's more about planning for the national team than it is um, about that. sure if you contract that way that's fine. Um, the uh, so, uh, so here says Six Nation forms are usually are usually how they judge Northern Hemisphere coaches. You're not allowed much. Um, you're not allowed to experiment much. Um, yes and no. Uh, I, I agree that you. But you'd, I say at Scrum Half you don't need Casey. Yeah, you know, so you don't need Conor Murray and Gibson Park. You just need one of those two. You bring someone else in. Um, and other positions are like that. You've just got too many experienced guys and not enough um, bringing through the next generation um, of, of, of that one. Not to write, so backup Irish players from New Zealand tour in 2022 are good. Um, Coombs at number eight. Yeah, there's players there. I mean, <laughs> Ireland have got four very good provinces of worth of players. They've got players they can bring in. It's not like, it's not like, um, <laughs> like when we get to Wales, um, <laughs> when where they don't have the players necessarily to bring in, right? They've got the players to bring in. So, yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, so, but to me, Ireland, yeah, got to be looking to try and win this. Now, clearly, this isn't our prediction as to whether they finish. This is what they should be trying to achieve. Hence, that's why we both got France and Ireland both <laughs> expecting to win this. This is their expectations. Um, and those two should be top two at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I think for Ireland's expectation has to be first. Um, yeah. But yeah, when we get to yeah uh, predictions, I don't think they will be showing that at all. Um, moving on to Italy then, and um, looking at uh, their squad now. Look, if they do play those games, and um, perhaps 
um, Steve, Steve will have a go at me again. But only three players with 50-plus caps in this squad. Um, this really is a forward-looking squad um, in, in here. Um, you've got three props who have never played international rugby in this squad. Um, and props tend to take a bit of time to um, to mature. So, yeah, so 21-year-old props. Luca, good luck. Um, <laughs> I hope you're in here mainly to get a, get a feel for the environment rather than being expected to play two minutes. Um, I'm sure he isn't. I'm, look, the um, and um, and oh, and also, yeah, change of um, uh, change of head coach um, as well. Um, I think isn't it um, with uh, Gonzalo, um, the Argentinian, the Argentinian guy. Yep, he took over. Yeah, this year, 2024. Yeah, so brand new, brand new head coach. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, what what, uh, what 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 we get from this team? Because yeah, um, Crowley left after the World Cup. Kieran yeah, that's Crowley right. Yeah. Was the so, World Cup. Yes, yes. I was going to say, are we going to are we going to continue having the Crowley kind of attacking um, style, or um, or will they revert, or will they go back to a um, a, a, a tighter game plan um, and kind of trying to reduce or try not to lose by so much? But I say a lot of a lot of inexperience in this team. Um, what's it? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Uh, yeah, so nine players in the pack with less than 10 caps or single figure caps um and another four in the back row now in, in the backs and the backs have got a lot more experience than the forwards um so he's also pleased trying out a bunch of new forwards and look let's be honest italy tend to have um, more depth at forwards than they do in the backs um and have and um so uh so so um so that, that, that's uh so yeah, clearly he's gone he's gone right yep Crowley's got, got the right backs. There's no one else. <laughs> there's no one else there. But there's some, but there's some different forwards I want to try out in this team. Um, what my expectations from this team? Uh, I, as someone said in the uh, in the live chat earlier, um, to be successful in every in every game. Oh, sorry, be competitive in every game, and to win one, I think would be a um, would be it would be a good a good goal um, for for Italy. The reviewer says two wins. I think that's a bit um, ambitious. Um, for a coach in his first um, first Six Nations, to be honest with you, um, you've got a brand new head coach, brand new systems and stuff. Yeah, just try to get those bedded in and try and try and be competitive. Would be would be my, I think I think it's realistic expectations for this Italian team. The thing is though, it's an inexperienced squad, right? It's an inexperienced squad of thirty whatever thirty six players. Yeah, you need 15, and then you need a few guys to come on and make an impact later on. Hey, there's three props with uh, with no caps, uh, but there's also three props with or two with 30 and one with 16, right? There's your two starters and one guy off the bench. Okay, one fresh guy, whatever. He's going to get his chance. You know, you got two hookers that are near 20 caps. This is Italy, right? They're not dishing out here with 100 cap players unless they literally are servants for their life of Italian rugby, you know? So... I think you've got to look at this from a different sort of perspective, right? Um, they just don't have that same sort of depth and opportunity that when you look at a team compared to France. So to me, looking at a guy from Italy that's played 30-odd caps, I mean, you look at these key names. Tommaso Allen's been in that team for what feels like a decade, and he's only at 79 caps. Uh, but that, that back line looks exciting. If that, if that front row can hold its own, which is where you're going to get those question marks about it, if they can do that then this is a team that can go, man. They can go. They've got the power in that back row. Uh, they've got experience enough in that second row with your Canonies, and you've got yeah, Lamaro's back as captain of the team as well. Um, 
I just think if that pack can do their job and those guys that do have the experience can just make it a pack out of it, right? Make a team mentality and make everyone give everything for Italy, which they're Italian, which they will. The back line will look after the rest. I just know that, you know, guys like your Monteiwanis, your Ange Capazos, um, your, your Garbisis, your Allens, your Varnis, and the other Gabisi, of course, which is coming through nicely as well. Those guys are going to make things happen. That's what they do. They're exciting. They're X Factor. And that's something that Italy don't normally have, right? They're normally a team that can do bits up front. Their, their pack has normally got some powerful guys in it. And they rumble around. But their backs generally have got no real idea. I think that's where they've lacked in the past. Whereas now they've got X Factor. They've not only got strong guys that are going to blow you over. They've got fast, agile guys like your Capazos. Ioani's going to knock you over. They've got fly halves that are experienced, but also technical players too. I think they've got a, a good blend of of backline players uh, that can actually make things happen. So I'm just looking type five, especially if they can step up. Hey, I'm on the board of two wins, man. Look out, Wales. Oh, I don't know. Jeez, that, this is what I mean. Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and Italy. The, look gone. again. Yeah, you, you say it, type five. At scrum time and particularly line out, win your own bloody line out. As long as yeah. you can, if you, if you get that platform, give the back something to play with, um, and they've got a chance. But again, I say it, it's you've got new systems coming in as well. I think competitive and one win, I think two wins is um, is asking a bit much. Um, yeah, that win will, will get will be will come against Wales. Let's be blunt, that's 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 where the win's likely to come. Um, moving on to um, to Scotland, then, um. And here is an, another team that's, um, that's 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 kind of settled. You've still got um, your, uh, your Ali Price and your Finn Russells kind of running um, the show. You've still got your Xander Ferguson's um, your WP Nell again. Thirty-seven. <laughs> what the hell are you doing picking him? All right. Look, he had a lovely Indian summer to his career last last year, the last couple of seasons. But even so, sorry, mate, but. Um, the, yeah, from that, but but to be fair, look, he's brought in Alec Hepburn and Will Hurd. Um, but Alec Hepburn comes in as a novice, as, as a debutante, sure, but he's capped for England, all right, and he just hasn't been picked for enough years to be allowed to change. So you're bringing in a an, ex, a, um, an experienced professional player with international caps in there. He is not a zero cap player uh, in in the kind of the same way um, that other players are. Um, so the yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah, w, WPNL, thank you for your service. You've been a fantastic player for the, for, for, for Scotland, but you shouldn't be in this squad, mate. Um, again, you look at the hookers. Um, yes, sure. Johnny Matthews is in there as one cap, but he's 30. <laughs> um, the, um, so yes, there, there, is, look, there is there is youth coming through, but there's also, there are a few players in here, uh, um, but um, it's more in the props than anywhere else, really. Um, perhaps um, a couple of locks. Um, will, you, will, will, will Gilchrist and Gray at 33 and 34 be there in four years' time? Um, I'm not. I'm not so sure. So, but um, but generally, the, 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 uh, the age profile is fine in here, apart from I say a, a couple of props, um, or at least one prop really. Uh, so, that, I think actually, what you've got here is a settled team bringing in some new players. Um, I think you're going to recognise pretty much the starting 15. Um, I don't think there's much change there. Maybe maybe a couple in that uh, in that type five. Um, sure, Hamish Watson um, hasn't been picked. I think he's been 
borderline getting dropped for the past couple of years, um, and that other players um, have um, have come through. Um, your Roy Dodge, um, for example, um, in, uh, in in that uh, in, in that kind of role. So I'm not surprised that actually he has fallen out of favour. Um, a bit like um, in the centres, um, Harris. I mean, um, to, to see Scotland leaving out capped Lions. What the hell? Seriously? I mean, that, that, um, that's kind of amazing. You've got guys who were who were part of the last Lions tour two years um, or three years ago now, not getting selected in this team. Um, that shows you the depth that um, Scotland have got because those 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 players aren't chumps, right? They can play. Sure, they might be getting on a bit, but they can still play. Um, and the fact that you, 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 you're able to drop those and you have to look at this squad and, and not go, oh, my God, they're in trouble, um, shows that actually Scotland are in a good place. Um, and they should, they, they should be aiming for one of their best six nations in a very long time. Winning it, perhaps a stretch. Um, but my expectation, my, my, I think the goal for these guys is second, second or third. Big call, big call. I did want to add to you Alec Hepburn, the Australian-born English cap Scotsman, just by <laughs> well, the way. Yeah. Um, isn't it crazy? This crazy eligibility, man. I don't, you know, I look at this team and it like, again, this is this World Cup deja vu. You look at it and go, this team should do bits. This team should do good. Um, mm-hmm. They've got great players throughout. They've got X-Factor players. They've got strength players. They've got uh, guys that know what to do. Experience, right? An international level. But I think for Scotland, it's up here now. It's all about mental ability. All the players are there. The names are on paper. The work has been done. But can you go and beat England? Just mentally knowing, going into that game, saying, yeah, we're going to win this game. That's what it, This is what it comes down to for me. Jesus, Nocturnal, stop stealing exactly the things I'm going to say, for God's sake, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just look at this team and I go, if we're playing rugby on a piece of paper, yeah, this team, geez, should be going for one of those big three. It should look at the scalps and... Look at those fixtures. Like straight away, you look at the fixtures list for them. And when they're playing at home, that should be key to them. Okay, the Wales away, which is going to be, you know, that'll be a good way. But they got France at home. They got England at home. Um, and then in the last round, they are away in round four and five. So looking at that, for me, if I'm picking on Scotland here, I go, they've got to win those home games. That's that's the big, big key for me to do that job against the big teams. Uh, mentally, can they yeah, do it? I mean, look, Wales this way away should not be a should, should not be something no. this, this team is scared of, right? Or, not, or, or, or worry about. Um, Ireland, the, England, but having England France. and France at home, those are games they should be going. We can win those. Exactly. Ireland away, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe not, but um, the but absolutely the um, you're right. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. England, France at home, go for it. Yeah, it's mental though. It's mental. Confidence is at home, but are they going to go into that? You know, you can't go into a game beaten before you go out and run out for the national anthems. They've got to mentally go into this game and say, yes, we are going to beat England and our home ground. Our support, start well, get that confidence and go from there. That That is my only hesitation. Quality-wise, player-wise, no problem. They're, they're stacked. They're stacked. And it's great to see Adam Hastings back as well, who I think is a quality, quality little player. Will he get much game time? Ben Healy looked decent of the World Cup as well. But um, I think they got three decent little 10 options there uh, with the enigmatic uh, Lionel Messi wannabe Finn Russell. <laughs> All right, look, you've got... You've, as, as far as back lines go, uh, look, your back line's going to be... Uh, is is um, Red path. Ali Price, Finn Russell, um, 
Tuipilotu with um, Hugh Jones outside him, and back uh, Darcy Graham, Van der Merwe on the wings, and Blair Kinghorn at fifteen. That's your that's your Rugby World Cup starting backline. No one's left, right? The um, at all. The um, and then off the bench, you've um, you've still got um, um, Kyle Stern who was uh, uh, there, and either you're sort of some like a Cameron Redpath or a um, or an Adam Hastings. So this is yeah, you've this is a an experienced side that's bringing a few guys in. Do I expect Harry, um, Harry Patterson to actually play any game time? No, right. I expect him to get experience of the the environment, um, etc. Uh, same with Aaron Reed as well on, on the wing, right? Those guys, but it's so hence um, it's a nice balance that way. With just perhaps one player, maybe two players that I think uh, maybe maybe around lock, maybe around prop. I think because Scotland only have two teams, they're a bit um, maybe a bit light in that area uh, for, from a depth point of view and having to keep hold of guys that that perhaps they wouldn't they wouldn't do otherwise. There's a bit of a battle between going the two South African wings uh, during the World Cup, so. I- I'm, I'm kind of intrigued where they're going to go there, whether they'll go off the, the White Lightning King of Scotland, Darcy Graham, or stick with the two South Africans of Van der Merwe and, and Stain. But we'll, we'll see. But either way, it's, it's depth, right? And they're the, they're the selection headaches you, you kind of do want. I, I like Red Path. See, for me, I look at this team and I go, now's the time. You know, Red Path, okay, you looked really good at the World Cup and your little cameos. You've been really good for Bath this season as well. Is it time for him to start coming on, on a bit now and, Tuipilotu is very good as well. You know, Hugh Jones, again, that's your experience. I like the options now. I like the fact that we've got okay, a young guy that's coming through that's performing that, that can start, you know. So Scotland's looking good, but again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good they've been. It's mental. And I think we saw it against Ireland. We saw it against South Africa at the World Cup. They didn't go into those games winning. They were like, okay, let's damage control enough so that we can try and, you know, nick something somewhere. Uh, try, can we get a good enough start and then maybe do something? you got to go in there. We're going to win. Screw you guys. Uh, we're going to score first, get the crowd behind us, and put you in pain. Have they got that yeah. killer instinct? So to me, uh, yeah, Scotland should be looking at second. That that, that should be their, their their expectation in this one um, with the rain loss against Ireland away. Put bluntly. My, my, my expectation would be to beat one of the top three. Just destroy Italy, okay. destroy Italy, destroy um, Wales. Yep. Get get one of those wins against the top three. Hey, if you do two, brilliant. I think that's a minimum. If they don't beat France, Ireland, and England, that's a massive failure. If they beat one of them, okay, that's a par. Beat two of them, bloody brilliant. Okay, so you're saying third basically in the table is their Pretty target. Much. Yep. Um, Not one so of those top no. three off. Yeah, so either, so either England or or so it's basically either Ireland okay. or, or Wales are going to be upset because of, sorry either Ireland or France are going to be upset because they haven't actually won it, and the other one will come second, and either England or Scotland are going to be upset because they're going to come third and fourth. Um, That's the thing; it's like the World Cup for me. Ireland, I think, is a team that they can beat, but they're playing them away. Yeah. That's that's a killer. If I'm playing Ireland at home, I would be all my eggs in that basket, bango. But England and France, fool. I just I just think this England team if they play the right way, could be quite fun to watch. But if they don't, hey, they're right for the picking. So, moving on to Wales then. Last. 16, 16 players with no... <laughs> with last. 16 players with with uh, under 10 caps. Um, you're experienced guys. Are you kind of... Um, with, uh, with I think it's four over 50, over 50 caps. Uh, sorry, five over, over 50 caps. Um, the... Um, 
interesting one there. Your, your big one there, George North, 118 caps, um, still going, still only 31. So, um, so yes, maybe he can make it to the next World Cup at 35. So, not too worried um, um, about that one. You, you kind of think that he should be at least mid, if not late 30s, because of how long he's been around for. His most but, famous um, thing was carrying Israel Folau on the Lions tour. That was 12 years ago next year. That's, <laughs> that, he was, what, 18? He's 31, 19. Yep. Far out, but there we go. So, there you go. Um, the... Um, Actually, maybe uh, his birthday in April, so maybe maybe he was twenty at the time. So, yeah, he, but he had a couple. He already had two seasons of, of international rugby at that point. Not many um, players do a full rotation of Lions tours and go back no. to where they started. Very <laughs> rare, rare, very rare. Um, the the big problem for this team is actually injuries already. Is that their captain of the Rugby World Cup is injured? Um, he's not available, um, and uh, and and then basically that. Uh, this is a very inexperienced team, on the whole, and they needed that kind of they, they needed that cap, their captain to be there, um, to be leading them. Um, again, massive hole being left at fly half by Bigger and Anscombe. They've got um, Sam Costello with eight caps. He's the experienced guy. Um, <laughs> Kai Evans with one, and um, Ion Lloyd with two. Boy oh boy! And again, how are this team going to play? What is Gatlin going to bring? Are we going to go to back Gatlin ball? We better not try doing that with this squad because it ain't going to work. Right? He's got a different set of players nowadays. Um, he hasn't got you, Jamie Roberts, <laughs> um, who uh, who he built things around. You could say George North. Hey, could George North play the Jamie Roberts role at ten? Uh, sorry, at twelve. God, uh, um, no. Um, it's so yeah. So it's uh, we're going to we're going to see a different style. Um, then yeah, we're not going to see Gatlin Ball. We do have that problem of um, the fact that their their um, their captain is injured, which is not uh, which which is which is a problem. So again, what's the balance of that back row, back row going to be like? Because they're also missing um, Tulipe Falatau um, as well. But then again, should you be moving on from him? He spent a lot of a lot of time injured. Let's be blunt. So. Um, two of their back three players, and let's watch Wales have always been about your, 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 your loose forwards getting quick, getting quick ball, and then you've and then a, uh, a, a, a an enigmatic fly, uh, an enigmatic scrum half who gets it to this to, to your fly half who, who in modern days kicks it, um, in all honesty, um, and controls territory. Um, but this back row, but um, you've got Wayne out with 43 caps, but he is not a nailed on starter. Um, it definitely wasn't. Uh, um, your next guy is Tommy, Tom, Tommy Rafael with 13 caps, um, from Leicester Tigers. Uh, and then, uh, sorry, no, sorry, um, Tame Basham with 16. None of those back row players are automatic starters, uh, last season or a year ago, two years ago. So, boy, oh boy, this is going to be a an inexperienced team that's going to need the um, their experienced players like Gareth Davis. Um, like your, your Elliot Dees or your um, Ryan Elias in the front row, uh, your Adam Beards. If these guys, um, like your um, like your George North in the back, if these guys don't stop it, step up, then boy oh boy, this team could fall apart pretty quick. Because um, it's going to be it's, it's about hanging it around those experienced players. Is how I kind of see it. 
she's it's, it's kind of scary when you name those players and those names of experience that they need to hang out and it's like oh, it doesn't fill you with much confidence that they're going to be you know leading much from the front uh to answer simon's question it, it seems like when he signed back on to go to the 2023 world cup it had an extension to go to 2027 um is, is the best i can find on that correct from memory it was a, it was a one plus four yes and so if he's been given the plus four He's through to the next rugby world cup. Obviously, he has. Yeah, that's what it said. Yeah, so he got contracted to the 2023 World Cup with an extension to 2024. Um, option sort of thing after that. 2027, yeah. sorry, after that. Yes, correct. Um, this team, um, boy, boy, uh, concern, uh, worry. How good are the youth? Uh, we are going to find out very, 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 very quickly. Uh, tell you what, a lot of Welsh people have confidence in what this young depth, <laughs> lack of depth, is going to do for this uh, Welsh side. So I've seen a lot of comments coming through about how this could be a bit of a changing of, well, a changing of everything in Welsh rugby and and the style and the terms of personnel and direction and everything for this team, which, I mean, it's not a bad thing, right? So they could do with this. Uh, So the faith is there in this young bunch of players, which is something you probably don't associate with Welsh rugby uh, very much over the last few years, that's for sure. But I still think they've got a good enough players that they can do all right you know Costello kind of had those reins 50-50 didn't he was bigger last year he did a lot of bench work um he got the easier games uh on his side as well I I do agree with you though Uh, they're gonna massively massively miss their captain um hugely uh for the whole season so uh if they can get away with that um without having Jack Morgan in there that'll be that'll be a main thing so I think he was their absolute glue of that whole team so they're gonna have to find someone else to glue together um and naming a captain of just 12 caps coming in uh that mm, that'll be interesting for leadership wise as well but yeah i think they're gonna struggle honestly they've got they've got little sparks and brightness around but how good is this depth gonna be how good are they gonna step up i think really we're not gonna know until one or two games into this competition is that how good these guys are going to be and how quickly they can step up to the next mark. Um, and hopefully they don't rely on, you know, the George Norse so much. I don't want to see everything going through his hands. I want to see this new wave player style. Like these guys are all on a level playing field. Now's a chance. You've probably got a bit of a free reign to, to start this cycle of, of new Welsh steps. So let's see how they go. Let's see, let's see how Wales are doing. Although they're struggling domestically. Can they turn it around? Can they build the cream of the crop out of that? I, I see struggles, honestly. I see struggles. But hey, uh, despite all that, as much as people hate it, um, let's just see how well Josh Adams goes. Woohoo! Go Josh Adams. Everyone <laughs> hates him. I just had to what? add that in for the haters. Wow. wow. Josh Adams is not liked. I like him. I think he's strong and fast and a, a, a good finisher. Um, I was say, boy, he's, oh he's nailed on. He's starting. End oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I, I mean you, you can um, name their back line right straight through. Um, going with Costello. Uh, why have they got good nines? Uh, Davis, Hardy, and Williams. I think uh, Wales typically have very actually, good nines, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, 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 they've got the nines there. I think Williams will probably start. Um, you know, I like Costello. It. Sorry, I like I like all three of them. Uh, Williams yep. and, and Davis. I, I really like both fast, uh, both snappy, both snipey. Uh, good players. So you start. Yeah, Williams, Costello. The centers are going to be. Um, Tompkins and uh, George North. Uh, then, yeah, real question marks come around this back three. 
right? Because Halfpenny and Liam Williams have had, have, have, have monopolized that 15 jersey. Lewis Rizamit was supposed to be the next guy, and he's bugged <laughs> off to NFL. Um, yes. So suddenly, you you the, the back, uh, but your back three combination there is really. Uh, I mean, Josh Adams is going to go on one wing. I'd expect Rio Dyer on the other, um, and then good luck Cameron Winnett at the back, I guess, um, or maybe Tom Rogers gets to go. But because um, boy, oh boy, twenty-one at the <laughs> having balls rained rained down on you in, in a, on, on, at a wet tw- in a wet um, a wet game. Um, that's uh, <laughs> that could be. I'd say for so long they've had Liam Williams a half penny there. It's like the hole that Dan Bigger's Dan Bigger and and Anscombe are leaving at ten. They've got that. They've got that that, that hole at fifteen as well. Um, but um, again, yeah, it's it's. I think they'll be they'll be they'll be okay for sixty minutes, and then it's 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 what comes off the bench for this team is that can you are your props going to just suddenly crumble? Is your scrum suddenly going to start going backwards because your your your, your replacement props aren't up to it? Um, are you going to start losing the, um, the 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 breakdown battle because your back row guy coming on doesn't have the legs? compared to the guy that's coming on for one of the other teams. Um, that to me, I think, I think they should put it, they, they should be able to get a 15 out um, to, um, uh, to, to, to cope. The problem with, with Gatland Wales teams is, um, and also right says Wales need something from their domestic clubs first to improve. Well, sorry, but um, under Gatland's reign, the domestic clubs have always been shit. Um, pardon my French. Um, the, um, he doesn't rely on the clubs being good. So that I don't think that is required. The problem, though, is he ends up beasting his two players to try and get them fit enough because the clubs haven't done it. Uh, and hence, the first game or two, they're, um, they haven't actually done, done any schoolwork um, and, <laughs> and they're all knackered. Um, and the problem is, <laughs> first up game is hosting Scotland at home. Mm. Um, things could be going south very quickly if they lose that one because then they have to trail Charles Twickenham, um, which won't be fun for them um because and then they're in ireland um uh before they host france at home which is going to be painful um and their saving grace is their home against italy in the last game but i can see them going into that game four wins down um the public all against them going boys you, you, you're crap you need to thrash this italy team um and um i can see them being really un- under the cost at that point um, the reviewers says Scotland haven't beaten Card, haven't won in Cardiff since 20, 2002. If there's ever been a time when they should win, they're coming in with a settled team. Sure, there's a few changes, but at the end of the day, um, they've, uh, they've, they've they've got a settled team against what is a very raw um, Welsh team that is only known um, under Pivac. Uh, a, 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 a losing culture. Um, this has got to be the time that they win. Now, admittedly, they didn't manage it with Pivac in charge um, of Wales, but even so. Doctor um, Rice, I believe uh, domestic clubs need to unearth new talents, particularly in Type Five. I'm sorry, but Wales are producing enough talent. Enough talent. They've, they've got enough players. They've got four. They've got four teams um, that don't have any foreign players in. They're, they're, there's plenty of players there. Um, and, and he's allowed to select players from overseas as well. So, no, I, I don't think talent's really necessarily the, the, the problem. Um, it's battle-hardened. It's, I think it's a problem. 
Steve? I think when it gets to that end of that season, right? That game against Italy. That's that's huge game. That's a huge game for both those nations because I think they're both going to go into that and it's going to be who who's not beaten, pummeled, and bruised the most. Who's going to have a, a yeah, you know, who's going to have a slither of confidence? Is Italy going to have a, a a good nudge against Scotland at home? Is Wales going to actually play okay at home against France? You know, it, it's that week before that's going to build into that last round. You know, we're expecting them both go into that um, zero and four, right? Who's going to go? You know, if Scotland absolutely destroy Italy, sixty five points to three, and Wales go into that against France. They, and they say Wales lose that one. You know, twenty one eighteen or you know something like that. That I think that's going to dictate the mindset of those teams going into that game of a little bit more confidence starting a little bit better because both sides are going to go into that absolutely crapping bricks because they won't want to lose that game. They'll know that's the game they can win and that will decide success or failure of their six nations tournament. Neither side will go into that with that mentality. They were talking about Scotland of yes, we're going to win. We're going to destroy these guys. They're both going to be going there, battered, bruised, beaten, demoralized and really looking for some glorious hope and who is less beaten up i think will be my victor i i think you yeah a stone sorry who you know injuries you're four games in by that stage key players missing again now those zero one or two cap players are are starting um who's stepping up who's making that next uh that next journey to being the next best player or the next uh hope for italy or Wales. So yeah, everything's riding on that. Everything's riding on that. To me, I don't know. Wales, Welsh people seem to think that they have a bit of confidence in this. Um, I've seen Welsh people coming through in the streams and stuff saying that they think they're going to uh, challenge the top three. Um, and I say that, yep, the opinions are like what you got at the back there and everyone's got them. So <laughs> unfortunately, I don't see that happening. But I think for them, they'll want to go into this and they'll want to win two games. I think Italy and Wales are going to be very, very similar in their targets and their goals. Very successful if you win two games. Okay, we've done okay if you win one. If we lose every game here, again, Italy, then they've they got absolute trouble. But I think Wales and Italy will both look at this. And if they unearth a few players that are sitting here on less than 10 caps, and by the end of this tournament, they're sitting here going, these guys are starters, that will be a big success for them as well, especially this Welsh team. If they've got a few of these guys in here that sit, you know, eight six or eight caps now in their career. And now they're starters for Wales. And they've shown good potential against England, against France, against Ireland, against all of the nations effectively, but especially those big three. Uh, that will be a massive success for them too. Yeah. So again, okay. be competitive for four games and try and win one. Yep. <laughs> I think they'll want to win two though. They'll target two, like Italy. Like, as in, that's our best case scenario. That's like, well, overachieved, we've done brilliantly, well done, you get an extra Saturday off this week. I like it where Italy's one is. So Italy have got England at home in the opening round. Actually, that's that's a good opportunity. England potentially trying out a new, t- a, a, a new, um, a new trying out new systems. Um, so hence, not quite locked in on what they're doing. That's, um, geez, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, <laughs> though I don't think Italy have ever beaten England. Um, so that would be uh, one for the record books if they did. Round two, away to Ireland, that's a real tough ask. Away to France, ouch. And then they're home to Scotland. I mean, by the time they get that, that home game against Scotland, you're kind of thinking, boy, oh boy, what's morale like after two real tough away games? Whereas Wales, if you're trying to get them, trying to get them two wins, 
home to Scotland. Scotland haven't won there since 2002. There is a possibility there, right? Maybe there is a mental issue for it to, for Scotland, which we've been talking about. Next up, they travel to England. Um, again, have England lost to Italy in round one? That's, that suddenly could be um, that, that could be the kind of banana skin for for Scott for England, and suddenly Borthwick's thinking, "Oh my God, am I getting sacked the following day?" Um, they, they sh that, that's not what the situation should be. England should be going to that one confident against Wales. Away to Ireland, tough for Wales. Home against France, I'm sorry, but yeah, France is going to be way too strong for them. Um, and then home to Italy uh, for that last game. But um, yeah, you can see a scenario that works really well for, 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 for Wales, where they beat Scotland first up, England lost to Italy, come in or, or, or have been pushed really close by Italy. Put, um, suddenly, the, um, the, uh, the, the beat the old enemy at, uh, at, at Twickenham, and boy, oh boy, suddenly they're looking at mid-table um, respectability. But, geez, that's a reality that uh, happens perhaps one in a million. Uh, it's not, it's not, uh, it's, that, that, that's, um, that's me trying to find a reason for why these Welsh people, why, why the Welsh fans are so positive about their team. I think it's, it's a, a breath of fresh air. I think that's what the biggest thing is, is now they're saying see players who they've been watching domestically and been going, this guy's going good. Now getting chances. They're not seeing the same, you know, 20, 25 players selected in every squad with a few little extras that aren't seeing the, any ball or field whatsoever. Now they're getting to a point where it's like, okay, we've only got, you know, 10 or 12 players who are the old firm who, who were going to start for sure. You've got to start putting these guys on the bench now. These guys that they've been seeing and they're being impressed by, now they're saying to see them come through. I think the confidence might not be, hey, Wales going to a wreck in the Six Nations. The confidence might be that 2025, 2026, these guys, when they start sitting 20, 30 caps, now they're actually reaching their potential. That might be what the confidence is that these guys can step up, which that's believable. But I think it, it could be a tough year. But hey, you know, like you say, yeah, but, the, but also we, 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 they came out, we, 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 we went into the, the, uh, the Rugby World Cup last year thinking, wow, will Wales get knocked out in the, um, in the group stages? Right. I mean, there was, that was a real possibility. And um, yes, and they didn't. They came through that. So I think there was an element of, of positivity there. Look, hey, we, um, we topped our group. People told us we were going to get we're going to get knocked out, and we topped our group. Gatland is a miracle worker. Fine, we did lose to Argentina in the quarterfinal, but look, he can do it. Um, Gat's back. Um, he's, he's 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 brought some respectability and faith back to the team. Um, where uh, so yeah, so I think there is there is perhaps an element of of there of the fact that people have put us down so much, and look. We showed them that we weren't as bad as we said we were going to be, as everyone else said we were going to be, um, and instead Australia were. Um, the um, but um, so yeah, so that's uh, I think that that's that that could also be part of what's fueling um, the positivity as well. So this weekend, folks, um, on Saturday morning at nine a.m., uh, we will have um, the uh, perhaps the game that decides the entire tournament, which is a real shit way to start a tournament: France versus Ireland, right? We said these are the two teams that should come first and second. This potentially is a game that decides who comes first and second. Um, schedulers, you've got it totally wrong. Um, <laughs> yes, this is the Rugby World Cup final. We all thought we should have had. So the last international game should have been this. Um, but um, but yes, so that's uh, that's first up 9am. Are you doing a live stream for that? I'm planning to, yes, for that one. So check Opening out... Game. 
check out Cornflakes um, channel. I will unfortunately be working at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, so hence I'm going to miss it. Um, Sunday morning then at 3.15 a.m., Italy versus England, followed by Wales versus Scotland at uh, 5.45 um, a.m. Um, I might get up for the Italy-England game. Um, but look, it's one of those ones where I think we should win easily. Jeez, what am I saying? Um, the um, and I am and I am at work at nine a.m. in the morning as well <laughs> on Sunday as well. So um, a bit of a tough one for me to do a a middle of the night game uh, or a middle of midnight watching one of um, of that. So folks, um, we're back on Monday um, to uh, to have a review of those um, those three opening games in the uh, the Six Nations. Um, probably also talk a little bit about uh, some preseason Super Rugby games. As we've already said, they don't really matter. Um, unless there's a big injury um, at the end of the day. Um, and that's the only thing that you can really see. But um, let's be honest, most of the All Blacks, or I don't think any of the All Blacks really should be playing in the opening game um, of, uh, of, of, the, of these uh, of these warm-ups. Um, but um, catch Steve for his um, live streams this week and around the games. Unfortunately, I won't be able to join him, as I say. Um, some of us have got work to do. Yeah, lucky bugger. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Stay safe. my work. <laughs> Stay safe, Paul, and uh, see you all next month. See you all on Monday at 8 p.m. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.